Shall we turn our Bibles to Hebrews in chapter 2? The message that we're going to, uh, I'm going to share with us and I believe that the Spirit of the Lord has put on my heart is so much in line with the, what uh, Stephen has been talking to us as he was leading worship. That's uh, something wonderful that we witness very often that, uh, you know, whoever leads worship um, is also speaking or saying the same things. Sometimes the prophetic word is also on the same lines uh, as the message. That's wonderful. And that shows that the Spirit of God is leading us. I mean, that the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to us this thing. That this is what God is uh, conveying to us. This is the message that He has for us. As we pray, as we wait upon Him, as, he, as we ask Him uh, to speak to us, He speaks. He speaks through His revealed word, the Bible. And... Um, we're going to study from Hebrews chapter 2. In fact, we're going to go through the whole chapter. And I would encourage for uh, one of us to read Hebrews chapter 2. If there's anyone who could read it out loud, uh, please do so. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and dis disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Uh, for he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, but now we do not see, yet see all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might, might taste death for everyone. For it, is, it was fitting for him, for whom all things and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory, to make the author of the salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I, the children whom God has given me, inasmuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not, have, does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest 
in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people or in that he himself has suffered being tempted is able to aid those who are tempted amen let us pray father we come to you in jesus precious name lord we are thankful and grateful to you because lord you are the one lord who died on the cross you're the one who suffered the penalty uh, of our sins oh father lord the price that you paid is lord uh, uh, immeasurable lord uh, it is unfathomable lord we are grateful to you this morning that we lord uh, have been saved because of your suffering because you were crucified because you rose again from the dead and we are grateful to you lord that you've given us the privilege lord uh, to meditate upon your suffering even this morning and what you have done for us we pray that lord we would uh, lord be drawn to you this morning lord uh, we thank you for the gracious things that you have bestowed upon our lives and all that we receive because of what you have done and we pray that you will speak to us this morning minister to us lord lord give us an enlightenment in our spirit we pray that you would enable us to understand comprehend what you are saying to us through your word we pray that you give us receptive hearts we pray that lord not one word will fall to the ground but every word will bear fruit lord for your glory we commit each one of us in this place and even those who are watching us online we commit them all in your precious hands in jesus name we pray amen uh, we have read a very difficult passage and probably at the end of this reading a one time reading all of us are, or most of us are saying i don't know what it is talking about <laughs> Oh yes it's talking about something about Jesus dying um you know destroying the power of the devil and um you know helping us in time of need yes these are some things that might stand out uh, very quickly um in a simple reading a one time reading passages like these need uh, reading uh, several times over and over again to really grasp what the uh, uh, the lord is speaking through uh, his word hebrews is um, a a letter that was written uh, from italy um probably uh, by apostle paul and uh, we do not know who is the exact author of the letter of hebrews the letter to the hebrews but certainly it was inspired by god Uh, even though it is not mentioned as to who exactly authored wrote it you know the bible was uh, not dictated by god but the bible was spoken um, uh, to the hearts of men of god god inspired his people and uh, to uh, make them to record what happened or what god did or what god spoke and he inspired them to write uh to different audiences at different times and uh, supernaturally god has preserved all of this uh, over a span of probably 4000 years which was written by over 40 different authors and uh, the amazing thing is from the beginning till the end of the bible from genesis to revelation there is a seamless flow of thought and there is no contradiction between any passage or verse in the bible that's the amazing thing the very 
process by which the scripture itself was compiled is a supernatural uh, you know demonstration of who god is having said that particularly coming down to the letter that was written to the hebrew speaking people it was even more specifically written to those who had accepted jesus as their lord and savior these were jews who had accepted christ it was specifically written to them because some of them were going away from their salvation they were going away from uh, the faith that was revealed to them they were going away from uh, holding on to what they had experienced in their life they had come to know jesus as their savior they had committed their life to jesus and jesus had saved them from sin they had understood that he is the messiah the savior now after experiencing the love of god after experiencing deliverance from sin after experiencing uh, the goodness of god on their lives they are going back into the old covenant in other words they were going back to earning salvation by doing good works and by keeping ceremonial laws so they were going back to circumcision they were going back to sacrifice they were going away from jesus and so because they were neglecting the new covenant uh, the lord was um, uh, speaking through the writer of hebrews uh, encouraging them to continue to remain uh, Uh, in the faith to continue to remain in the truth to continue to remain in the salvation that they had received and so to title this morning's message it is holding on to the greatest gift holding on to the greatest gift and so uh, here there is a comparison that is being made all through the book of hebrews and the comparison is between jesus and what he has brought about and of the old covenant jesus as the greatest high priest and the high priest of the old covenant jesus as the apostle the sent out one the one who came to give rest to his people and the rest that came by keeping the law in the old covenant so here is a contrast that is being shown uh, and finally in closing the writer of hebrews is closing with uh, how and so we need to stand strong even the face of persecution even as the saints of the old stood strong and uh, how we look for a kingdom that cannot be shaken the kingdom they had was very temporal it was a earthly kingdom but here is a kingdom that is coming that is not going to be shaken at all and that is the rule and the reign of god on the hearts and lives of people for all eternity and so that is a big picture of the book of hebrews um i've said it in a very very simple uh way as short as possible to just give us an overview of the whole book but there's so much uh in it but this morning we're going to a look at one aspect of the many things that are there in the book of hebrews the one aspect that we're going to look at is about holding on to the salvation 
that God has given to us. Salvation simply means that we are sinners and for every sin in our lives and as the Bible says that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God, as sin has come into the world through the first man Adam and the first woman Eve, all mankind fell into sin and uh, as sin affected everyone, sin, you know, uh, brought a consequence. The consequence of sin was uh, destruction, was eternal damnation in hell, suffering eternally for the sin of man. And here you find in the Bible that man could not save himself from sin. Animals, the blood of bulls and goats could not save man from sin because uh, ultimately it did not deliver a person from their sinful life. It did not deliver them from their nature of sin. And so because of that, God himself took upon humanity, came into this world as a savior. And so we needed a savior and the savior came to save us from sin. He died on the cross, taking the punishment of our sins. He was crucified for no fault of his, he lived a holy life, pure and holy, sinless, but he was punished for our sins. He took upon himself all our sins. He took upon himself all our curses. He took upon himself all our suffering and died and was buried. And on the third day, he rose from the dead because he was God himself. He had the power to lay down his life he had the power to take back life. He was the author of life itself. And so having paid the price for the sins of all mankind, Jesus, after rising from the dead, ascends back into heaven and lives forever and ever. But the good news is that he's coming back again to take with him all who have believed in him and through him have received forgiveness of sins. When a person believes in him and believes that he took my place on the cross and he has forgiven my sins, when we ask him to forgive us of our sins, he forgives us of our sins. He delivers us from the power of sin and he gives us a freedom in our hearts, peace in our hearts and ultimately he gives us the hope of eternal life. So this is what salvation is all about. Salvation simply means a person is saved from sin and the consequences, the power and the consequences of sin. And so where a person, even while living on this earth, is completely transformed, becomes a new person. A person becomes, uh, uh, you know, new. His heart is made new. His mind is made new. You know, his thinking is made new. Everything becomes new. And so the person begins to function, um, you know, with a new, um, you know, mindset, with a new heart, lives a new life. This is what salvation is all about. And so this morning we're going to look at how it's, God is uh, calling us to hold on to this gift of salvation. This is a free gift that God has given. 
by the way we can't pay a price to earn salvation we can't give anything to god to earn god's favor and love we can't give any offerings or we can't give any uh, land or buildings or anything silver or gold nothing can be given to earn god's love and favor and salvation why because nothing would satisfy him because everything was made by him and everything is subjected to him and so whatever we give is still not some anything substantial enough to take away his wrath because as a just god as a just god he can't but punish someone for sin if he does not punish someone for for sin he is not a god of justice justice calls for him to punish sin but mercy triumphs over justice hallelujah mercy triumphs over justice he is slow to anger abounding in love the bible says he knows that we are weak and so he is gracious merciful to forgive us even though we deserve a punishment for all the sins that we have committed and so talking about salvation and from the uh, letter uh, written to the hebrews in chapter 2 as we read this passage um we're going to look at the first four verses right now hebrews chapter 2 and verses 1 to 4 the writer is calling for us to pay most careful attention we must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away so the call is that we will pay careful attention keep these things in focus with utmost importance given to them so that we will not drift away why is he writing that because people were drifting away and that's why jesus said he who endures till the end will be saved salvation is a one time event and also a lifetime process let me repeat that salvation is a one time event and also a lifetime process a person when he or she accepts the lord jesus into their lives and believes that he is god he is the one who died and rose again for their sins and as they turn their life over to him they are saved from the power of sin they are saved from the nature of sin they delivered from all of the uh, evil that had come into this world that has affected them their sins are forgiven and they begin a new life it's a beginning of a new life it's a it's not a change of religion it's not a change of culture it's not a change of eating habits it's not a change of anything external but it's a change of heart it's a change of the mind it's a change of the way of life where a person begins to live a holy life like god and begins that journey not that the person became perfect overnight the moment that person committed their life to christ the person does not attain perfection overnight the it's a beginning of a journey towards perfection and the person is progressively sanctified continues to be transformed you know day after day as they walk with god as they are in this new 
dynamic growing relationship with God. Right, it's the beginning of a relationship with God because sin came as a barrier between man and God. And now this wall of sin is broken away and man has access to God, to this holy God. And the man also begins a journey of living out that holy life. And the way to live is what is prescribed in the Bible. The Bible is not just uh, some kind of a philosophy or some uh, just a holy book that needs to be preserved and worshipped. By the way, we don't worship the book. We worship the God of the book. <laughs> Amen. But the, the word of God is certainly holy and the word of God is simply the story of the redeemed. Of course, the story of redemption is there, but also it is the story of those who have been redeemed, saved by God. And so, as people come to know Christ and as they begin this journey, as I said, it's salvation is a one-time event. It begins at one point where a person turns their life over uh, to Christ. But from then on, it is a, as a lifelong journey of walking with God in this relationship with Him, the person is constantly progressively sanctified. As, as they continue to walk with God, as they are in a relationship with Him, as they read his word, as they learn how to live life. And that's exactly what we do as we come Sunday after Sunday, as we listen to God's word being explained to us, we are learning how to live life. And then as a person is continuing to grow in this walk with God and being sanctified, uh, the person is being saved also and the and the person is expected to endure in this path of salvation till the end and then the person will will be saved as well amen is going to be inheriting eternal life and so it's important that we don't drift away because the jewish people who accepted jesus in their lives were drifting away and so the writer of Hebrews is writing to them and saying we must pay the most careful attention Hebrews 2 1 says we must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we have heard so that we do not drift away Stephen was talking about escaping from God hallelujah I was thinking he's preaching most of my sermon what will I have left over after he's done Don't escape from God. That was what he was repeatedly saying. And the psalm that we read, whether you go to the depths of the sea or to the highest mountain, the spirit of God is still there wherever we go. And he loves you so much, so don't run away from him. Even when the heat of the day is turned on, even when the problems of life, the struggles of life affect us, the challenges of this world, you know, come against us. Well, we are faced with all of them. Let's not drift away. Let's not escape. Let's not run away. That's exactly the call for us this morning. Hallelujah. God is drawing us to himself. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. What should we pay most careful attention to? What have we heard? 
what should we pay most careful attention to what is the central focus of our lives what should we hold on to what should we preserve what should we persevere in that is salvation this greatest gift that's what hebrews 2 talks about let's read from verse 2 to 4 for since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation in the past it's talking about the old covenant the message was spoken through the angels the prophets when it talks about angels it's not just talking about the specific angel of god it's not talking about the angels who are ministering spirits alone it the word angel is also referring to a broader a uh, group of people uh, prophets men of god angels you know through whom it was revealed it's talking about the message that was conveyed in the old times the old covenant that was binding if you do this you will benefit you will enjoy the blessing if you obey you will be blessed deuteronomy 28 for example is a great passage talking about that if you do this you will be blessed if you don't do this you're not going to be blessed and so god held them by that word what he the way of life he wanted them to live he commanded them to live a certain way and if they did not obey if they would not align themselves to that word that he had spoken the way of life he had prescribed they would suffer its consequences and did it happen it did And so it says in verse 2 there for since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment how shall we escape if we ignore a great so great a salvation the salvation that has come through Christ is not through the sacrifice of blood uh, of bulls and goats but the sacrifice of his own life shedding of his own blood such a great salvation he has given to us how can we ignore such a great salvation many people ignore this great salvation in the decisions they make in the way of life they live in the things they do in their life in the private lives they ignore this great salvation they do things that would deserve a punishment and god does not want to punish it is not his desire that he would punish people he is not a hard hearted angry god mad at mankind he loves them he loves them so much he loved the whole world so much that he came down from heaven to earth he came reaching out to us we didn't reach out to him he reached out to us he loves everybody he does not want anyone to perish he wants all men to be saved whatever be our uh, color caste language religion whatever be whoever we may be he wants everybody to experience his love and to come to him so that they would not have to go to hell so that they do not have to live in sin in this world so that they do not have to suffer the consequences of their sin that's his desire but yet because he's a just god when man sins 
he reaps its consequences as a just god he punishes men for their sins and so he's saying no it's not about punishing people for their sins the call is that we don't ignore this salvation that we don't drift away that we don't run away from this salvation that god has freely given and this salvation which was first announced by the lord verse 3 was confirmed to us by those who heard him god also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the holy spirit distributed according to his will it was announced by god it was confirmed by those who heard it and there is a testimony a witness or an evidence powerful evidence undeniable evidence of who he is and the work of salvation he has done and the evidence is signs and wonders and miracles that he does and the gifts of the spirit that he has given the coming of the holy spirit is an evidence or an inauguration of this new covenant the sending of the spirit to dwell amongst his people the, where god wants to come and dwell among his people that was his ancient plan you would find this verse repeated all through scripture the verse that says i will be your god you will be my people and i will dwell among you he will be their god they shall be my people and i will dwell among them these are this is the plan of god this is what he desires he wants us to follow him and be his people because we are his creation we belong to him and he wants to come and dwell among us but sin hinders his presence sin comes as a hindrance for his presence to come into our lives and so he made a way for himself to come and dwell and the way he made was the cross he took upon himself a hard path the difficult path a painful path a path of suffering to come and dwell among us to save us and so he says how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation if we ignore this great salvation we are not going to escape the damnation eternal damnation in hell and so let's not ignore let's not drift away from salvation let's not sell it for a few for a few morsels of bread Amen. Proverbs Solomon says, "Buy the truth, and sell it not. Buy the truth, and sell it not. It's easy to sell it for some trivial reason. It's easy to sell it for some pleasure of this world. It's easy to sell it for, um, you know, pleasing people in this world. But God is saying, 'Hey, this salvation is such a great salvation.'" this is something that is so precious would you hold on to it not escape from it not drift away from it let's not ignore it it was announced by god it was confirmed by those who heard it many testified about it if you read through the uh, passages in the old testament also the prophets even psalms king david several times would prophesy he would write psalms that would be prophetic psalms speaking about jesus isaiah prophesies about jesus many of the old testament uh, prophets prophesy about jesus and the salvation that he would bring 
And so he's saying, if the, in the old covenant that the people were punished for their sins, if we ignore this great salvation, how can we escape a great punishment that awaits for all mankind who reject him, who reject salvation? And going down even further to the second passage, uh, verses 5 to 11, the writer is going to discuss about how all things are subject to him as Jesus was made fully human. You see, holding on to this greatest gift of salvation, we hold on to it because we realize that we must not ignore it. We must not drift away from it by ignoring it because of the evidence that is so much there in the scriptures about who God is and how he has come to give us his salvation. And we must hold on to this greatest gift also because everything is subjected to him. As he made, he was made fully human. All things are subjected to him and not to angels. You see, verse 5 onwards, it is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, but about which we are speaking. But there's a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, the son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. It's talking about mankind. Yes, when God created man, what did God say? Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and have dominion. He put everything under man's feet when he created. He subjected the world to man. And, in, and he crowned us with glory and honor and put everything under our feet. In verse 8, in putting everything under them, God left nothing that is subject to them. Yet, at present, we do not see everything subject to them. Sin made us to lose that dominion. Sin made us to lose that position that God had created us to have. But then when Jesus came... He came to give it back to us. Hallelujah. We should hold on to the salvation because salvation is something that brings us back to our original position. And so in Luke chapter 22, verse 29 and 30 we read, when Jesus is speaking to the disciples, after he broke bread, and the breaking of the bread signifies how his body is going to be broken, how his blood is going to be shed, and how that is going to bring salvation for people. And symbolically he broke bread. And after doing that he says in verse 29 and 30. You see how it goes beautifully here. Luke 22, 29, 30. And I confer on you a kingdom. Just as my father conferred one on me. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Man had lost the dominion. But now God is conferring on us a kingdom. A kingdom. This is a spiritual kingdom. Not an earthly kingdom. The spiritual kingdom is where God rules and reigns over the hearts and lives of people. And we who have come into his kingdom under his lordship. Where Jesus is king over our lives. He rules and reigns over our lives. We have subjected and surrendered our life to him. And have committed ourselves to live by his word. And... We are in his kingdom, 
but now we are not just subjects of the kingdom we are also kings and rulers in this kingdom hallelujah and so you and i have the authority that has been given to us he has all authority he has given us his authority in his name and so we can in his name drive out demons and demons will flee and so in his name we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover and so in his name we are able to speak in tongues uh, speak mysteries with god in his name uh, we are able to overcome even the power of poison even if somebody gives something poisonous to us when you are in his kingdom it will not harm you hallelujah do you see who you are as a person who is in the kingdom and what salvation has brought about in your life that once we had lost our dominion but now we are restored back into his kingdom and now we have been conferred with the kingdom just as the father conferred one on jesus the same kingdom he confers on us so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom we have access to the eternal pleasures of heaven hallelujah the bible says that in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore this joyful experience of eternal joy eternal peace as we read in uh, revelation chapter 21 that there shall be no more pain no more sorrow no more suffering no more tears no more death no more sickness for all the old order of things will pass away and all things will become new everything that we suffer in this world are so temporal because we live in a fallen world and we have people who have fallen in sin and we ourselves who have fallen in sin and so there's evil in this world and so we suffer in this world because of the presence of sin but there's a kingdom that has come and uh, he has given us a foretaste of the eternal kingdom in which we will live forever and ever and where the experience of foretaste of that kingdom are the supernatural things that happen even through us hallelujah where we demonstrate the kingdom demonstrate the power of the kingdom and by that what happens is that we look forward for the eternal uh, privilege of being with him and so he says in 2930 of Luke 22 uh, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel there's a authority that god gives it does not mean that we become judge in the place of god but we affirm and stand with his judgment that we stand with him as he pronounces judgments on the world hallelujah and so we are restored back although everything was once uh, subjected to us and we lost it because of sin but what has happened because of salvation and so let's not ignore this salvation let's not drift away from salvation because uh, it's going to be a great punishment if we do that we don't drift away we don't ignore this salvation because now we've been restored back to our position in Christ but even though we are yet to experience the fullness of it and we will experience it you know when jesus comes back again 
when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of God and of his Christ. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 come back. But what we do now, what we do see now is what he's talking about. In verse 5 to 8, we talked about what is going to happen. What happened and what is going to happen. What happened is that we lost our dominion and we have been restored. And verse uh, 9, we read uh, Hebrews 2, 9. But we do see Jesus who was made little lower than the angels for a little while. A little while. That is the short period of time when Jesus took upon humanity. He is a creator God. He is not a created God. Angels are created beings. Human beings are created beings. He is not created. He is a creator. But the creator subjected himself to creation and was born in Mary, took upon humanity and you see him uh, verse 9, but we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned. Oh, for a little while he took upon humanity, but after he died and rose again, his body was transformed into a glorious imperishable body. The resurrected body of Jesus is not the same old flesh and blood with which he was born when Mary gave birth to him. He rose from the dead in a glorious, imperishable, resurrected body. Um, and he ascended back into heaven. So it says he was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. He went through this humiliation. He went through this subjection of uh, willing to be, willing to subject himself to humanity, to flesh and blood for the sake of suffering death and so as a result of that uh, now he is crowned with glory and honor he has been given all dominion as a reward for his sacrifice even though it was his right to stay in glory and honor he left the glories of heaven and came down uh, and because he died now again he has been restored as a reward he has been given uh, crowned with glory and honor again Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11. Let us read Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, uh, have the same mindset as uh, Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Dying on a cross is a very shameful experience, very humiliating experience, very torturous experience. The cross is a symbol of curse. The Bible says, cursed is everyone, anyone who is hung on a tree. It's a... Um, capital punishment that is given by hanging people on a cross is one of the gruesome ways of um, punishing someone but Jesus went through the most uh, painful humiliating path of dying on the cross and therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father. And so why should we hold on to this salvation? Why should we not drift away? Is because uh, this is such a great salvation. And if we ignore it, we will not escape the punishment, the wrath of God. Why should we hold on to this great salvation? Why should we hold on to this greatest gift? Is because now we have been restored back to our position. And we have come into a kingdom and a kingdom has been conferred on us. Where we can operate in the supernatural realm. And demonstrate the kingdom to this world. The kingdom of God to this world. Why should we hold on to this um, salvation? Is because Jesus suffered and died for us. And he has all dominion. He wants us to be uh, like him. He wants us to submit like him. He wants us to have the same mindset as of him. Because through the cross comes the crown. There's no crown without the cross. The Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 8 and verses 17 and 18. Romans 8, 17 and 18. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. All those who have believed in him, he has given them the right to become the children of God. If we are children, then we are heirs. Isn't it true in this world? A child is a legal heir of the parent. In other words, the child uh, ha has uh, the privilege. I don't like to use the word rights because the word rights has become so, uh, you know, it's become very, very negative, has, carries a very negative connotation today in the world because everybody's fighting for their rights. It's becoming very... A confrontational, uh, you know, in, in its, the way it is understood and processed in the world today, rights. But here this is talking about, I would say, as a child, you, in, you have the privilege of the blessing of inheriting the uh, inheritances of your parents. You have the privilege and the blessing. Biblically, it's not about rights. It's about the privilege and the blessing that you inherit from parents. And so as a child of God, you have, you are his heir. <laughs> He's your father. So he says, I am your father. You are my sons and daughters. And so as his children, we inherit all that he has. And as Jesus is... Uh, the father's son, the father God's son, not a biological son as we understand sonship, but it's a spiritual sonship for the sake of uh, taking upon himself humanity. He submitted himself to the father's will. For the sake of doing the work of salvation, he submitted himself to the father's will. It was a willing submission to the father and just as Jesus is heir uh, as a heir to the father and so are we co-heirs with Christ co-heirs with Christ we are like siblings with Jesus <laughs> that's a kind of relationship and so it goes on to say he is not ashamed to call us as brothers hallelujah 
the one who makes men holy and the one who makes them holy are all of the same family and he's not ashamed to call us his brothers hallelujah even though he's above us as god yet he comes down to our level and connects with us and he loves us so much and so he was crowned with glory and honor because he went through the cross and now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory in this world he said you will have tribulations but be of good cheer i have overcome the world that gives us the confidence that we will also overcome the sufferings of this world and we will be with him eternally and we will also share in his glory why should we not neglect the salvation why should we not drift away why should we not run away from god because there is a crown that is awaiting for you even though you may have to bear your cross in this world and so jesus that's why he said if anyone wants to follow me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow him yes jesus died on the cross for our sins he also wants us to die with him there's a core death that he wants us to go through die to our own selves die die to our sin die to our selfishness and today we live in a very selfish world it's all about me me is important i am important it's my priorities my world my job my you know decision what i need for myself it's all about me it's a very self oriented world what i like to eat what i like to wear where i like to live how i want to have my private space this is my private space don't talk to me about things that pertain to my private life it's about me but christian life is not about me it's about him and it's about others <laughs> dying to ourselves is living for god and is living for others it's loving jesus and loving one another as we love ourselves loving our neighbor as we love ourselves and so we carry this cross in this world we go through sufferings we go through challenges we go through pain we go through sicknesses we go through losses we go through all of this but remember why we should not throw away the salvation is because there's a crown that is awaiting for all those who will be who are those who are his co-heirs will also suffer like Jesus suffered he allows it so that we get pruned we get transformed we get renewed we become more and more like him and there's a crown of glory this as he was subjected to all of this for a for a short while we are also subject to this earthly sufferings for a short while our eyes are fixed upon him who's the author and the finisher of our faith and there's a crown of glory that awaits us on the last day hallelujah and so we should not uh, and so i consider verse 18 i consider that our present sufferings are not not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us romans 8:18 i consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us so why should we hold on to salvation why should we not drift away from it why should we not throw it away why should we not run away from god 
It's because this is such such a great salvation. And if we ignore it, we will not escape the punishment. And God does not want us to be punished. Why should we hold on to the salvation? Because we've been restored back to our position of dominion and authority. That you can cast out demons in his name. That you can heal the sick in his name. You can speak in tongues and mysteries to God in his name. That even if somebody gives you something deadly poison, it will not hurt you at all. Because you are in his kingdom. And there's a kingdom that has been given to you. And the authority of the kingdom has been given to you. To exercise the gifts that he gives us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And bring deliverance and healing and to others. And bring down the rule and reign of God in the lives of other people. So that they will also be saved. That you can become a person who will bring, who will rescue somebody from the fire. Snatch them from the fire. And so do not throw it away. Because you have been restored back to that position back again. Why should we not throw out our salvation? Why should not we drift away from it? Why should we hold on to it? Why should we not run away from God? It's because there's a crown of glory that is awaiting us even as we go through the path of the cross, carrying the cross even as we live in this world. That's a reward for all the sacrifice as Jesus was rewarded for all the sacrifice he went through. Uh, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 2 in closing uh, quickly from verses 11 to 15. Uh, Hebrews 2, 11 to 15. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He is high and holy. He is high and holy. He is not ashamed to call us as his brothers and sisters. He should be actually rightfully ashamed to call us as his own. Because of the unholy lives that we live and he's a holy God who sees no sin. He should be ashamed of us but he took upon humanity and he has made us holy and he also is holy and the one who makes us holy, we are all of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call us. The high and holy uses and purposes through, uh, he, he uses and purposes uh, us, you know, uh, that through us who we as, through us who are sanctified he uses us also to be high and holy the one who is high and holy he uses us and purposes in his heart also for us to be high and holy hallelujah he holds us uh, not in an inferior position but he says, I'm not ashamed to call you as my brothers and sisters. You are now equal. I see you as at the same level. I don't see you like, oh, you're all down there. He has also lifted us up to his level. He came down to our level, but he lifted us up to his level. And he says, I'm not ashamed to call you as someone I know. Have you seen sometimes in the world that in, when people get into some circles and some places, they will ignore you. Because of some others who are around them. And they don't like to identify themselves with you because they are 
ashamed of what some others will think about who you are have you seen that when they speak to you privately they will be very nice to you when they see you in a public place you see the attitudes will be different there'll be an uh, aura around them there'll be a halo around their head have you seen that sometimes they will suddenly behave in a different way and you'll wonder why are they so funny they were so nice and courteous and so good last night but the next morning everything changed why because there are some others who think very high of them and in their presence they don't want to associate at the same level with you because probably they would they think that others may think low of them because they associate with us but jesus is not like that hallelujah praise the lord he doesn't look at your caste he doesn't look at your skin color he doesn't look at what breed what pedigree <laughs> he says i'm not ashamed to call you as my brothers and sisters hallelujah why should we not throw away the salvation why should we not throw away god why should we not drift away from him why should we not run away from him because he is not ashamed to call us as as his brothers and sisters as he is high and holy he uses us us and purposes to have us also to be high and holy hallelujah if you see that verse very carefully both the one who makes holy the one who makes people holy that is god and those who are made holy we are of the same family that's why we say we are the family of god and so if god looks at all of us the same and that's why he said there's no greek no jew right there's no jew no gentile there is no male no female there's no slave no free all are equal in his sight he doesn't look at us based on our performances he doesn't look at us based on our holiness he doesn't elevate us based on our um, you know godliness he doesn't elevate us based on uh, the background that we have or how much we give for god's work or he doesn't bless us because of that he just loves us he considers us all the same and so as the high and the holy one he uses as this, uh, he uses and purposes uh us also to be high and holy those who are sanctified as christ is also of the same family he holds us also as superior as he is and so we cannot throw away this free gift of salvation and if when we don't do that what blessing we receive is that we are free from slavery from the power of the devil he broke the power of the devil that held us as slaves to the fear of death and he also helps us to overcome temptations that's verses 14 and 15 quickly let's read that since the children have flesh and blood he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death and that is the devil 
and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death for one for the person who is saved who has a dynamic relationship with god who doesn't drift away from the salvation who does not ignore salvation who holds on to it firmly who pays attention to it they are free from the fear of death hallelujah he delivered us he broke the bible says that he broke the power of him who holds the power of death satan holds the power of death sin came into this world into this world and the devil brought sin and the devil brought death also as a result of sin but he broke the power of him of the devil who holds the power of death the devil's power has been broken hallelujah the devil's backbone has been broken hallelujah the devil can't straight up you know stand upright and stand against you amen hallelujah he goes on all his force on all force he can't stand up against you he has broken the power of him who holds the power of death and has freed us from the slavery of the fear of death the fear of death has enslaved people the terror of death has enslaved people how often have we seen many many wonderful saints of god brothers and sisters who are in christ go on to eternity pass away from this world very joyfully very peacefully gloriously amen and many times god has also revealed that they're going to leave this world a few days or months before they left this world they would convey it to their family and say i'm going don't cry i will see you on the other side hallelujah praise the lord how can that be possible humanly it's because of this great gift of salvation because that the one who holds the power of death has been broken and they have been set free from the slavery of the fear of death fear is a tormenting thing fear is something that subjects people fear is something that oppresses people fear is something that enslaves people fear is something that torments people fear is something that leaves people with sleepless nights fear is something that brings hell in this world itself it opens up the doors of hell on this earth itself but god has delivered us from the fear of the slavery the things that enslaved the people by the fear of death has been delivered people have been delivered hallelujah praise the lord that's a blessing the second blessing is he helps us to overcome temptation read verse 16 to 18 for surely it is not angels he helps but abraham's descendants somehow we have always considered angels to be very superior beings But the scripture is very clear that the angels are given to us as ministering spirits the last verse of the first chapter also you will find that it's not angels he helps but for surely he helps abraham's descendants for this reason he had to be made like them fully human in every way in order that he might become a merciful and a faithful high priest in service to god 
and that he might make atonement for the sins of people because he himself suffered when he was tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted even when you face temptations there is a god who is there to help you to overcome temptations yes everybody faces the temptation of sin of all kinds and people of all ages also suffer the temptations of sin but if you are being tempted by any sin you ask god for help and he is willing and ready to help you in a time of need and you will not fall into that temptation you will not commit that sin you will not do that thing that you hate to do very often people struggle with the things that they hate to do they end up doing but if you ask god for help and say god help me to overcome this sin help me to overcome when i face these temptations whether it's the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh or the pride of life or anything that we struggle with in our life in our flesh in our weak humanness you ask him for help because he is this is a blessing that he has given to us for those who are saved that he is willing to help us when we are tempted to sin you ask him for help he will help you and that tormenting sin the tormenting temptation will no longer have its mastery will no longer have its power will no longer enslave you to it you can be delivered even right now this morning as you ask him for help right now lord help me to overcome my temptations help me to overcome sin and you will find as you continually consistently pray and ask him for help every day every morning every night you will see in a few days time that the sin that you used to do that you were unable to overcome you don't do it anymore maybe you tried it in your will power to overcome it it never happened it could never do it but god would give you the grace and the strength and the power to say no to ungodliness by the power of his grace the strength that he gives you can overcome all temptations that's a blessing why should we hold on to this salvation why should we hold on to this great gift why should we not drift away from it why should we not ignore it because this is so great a salvation if we ignore it we would not escape its punishment why should we hold on to it because there's a you've been restored back to the position of dominion there's a kingdom that you are in and a kingdom that has been conferred to you you again can exercise authority and bring down god's lordship and reign over the hearts and lives of people it may be an unsaved husband it may be a, a wayward son or a daughter it may be someone who is who is a uh, uh, brutal who's cruel who is lost in this world who is living in sin maybe there's someone in your own family or someone whom you love you say i you i can't deal with them i can't do anything about them no there's a kingdom that has been conferred to you hallelujah you can bring the rule and the reign of god over their hearts and their lives because you have been restored back to your position of authority so we don't deny and run away from this god and this salvation why should we hold on to this salvation why should we pay attention close attention to it because there's a crown that is awaiting us when we go through the cross there is a crown that 
disobedience. Why should we hold on to it? Because Jesus has elevated us to be co-heirs with him. And you and I are been, have been made high and holy for his purposes, for his use. We've been lifted up and been made holy. The blessing is that he has broken the power of the devil. The backbone of the devil is broken. Remember, he's on all fours. Hallelujah. He's broken the power of the devil. And the devil cannot hold you captive to fear anymore. Fear of any kind. And he helps us in our temptations. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't throw us out. He doesn't say, I hate you. I don't accept you anymore. He loves us just the way we are. And he's willing to forgive us and give us the strength and the power to overcome sin and to live a holy life. And by that, we will hold on to this great gift of salvation. And so as we celebrate this morning, this gift of salvation, we come together at the table of the Lord. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have accepted Jesus in your life as your personal savior, as your God, and you understand that he is the savior. He's the only one savior. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one else other than him. And if you believe, if you've given your life over to him, you're welcome to participate in the table of the Lord. As we remember Jesus' sufferings by participating in the broken body and the blood of Christ. The bread represents his broken body. The wine represents his shed blood. And as we participate, we thank him for this beautiful gift of salvation. Because he commanded us to do this in remembrance of him. Of what he has done. To remember his sacrifice. To remember his love. To remember his sufferings. To remember the salvation. So how appropriate it is to this morning come together to the table of the Lord. And with thankful and grateful hearts. Knowing fully well of all that he has done for us. Acknowledging that we participate together. But if there's anyone who has not yet given your life to Jesus. We welcome you to give your life to Jesus. Even this morning, right now. All you need to say is, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and sanctify me. I commit my life in your hands. I recognize that you are my God. You are the one who came for me. You died and rose again. If you will just ask him to forgive you of your sins, he will forgive you. He will cleanse you. You will experience a freedom from the guilt of sin. You will experience freedom from the shame. You will experience a great peace that the world cannot give. You will experience a great joy in your heart that the world cannot give and the world can never take it away. You can give your life to Jesus even this morning. And if you commit your life to Christ right now, pray that prayer and say, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. And he will work a deep work in your life. And you are welcome to participate in this table of the Lord where we together remember that Jesus loves us. Jesus died and rose again. And how much Jesus cares for us.
we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 for i have received of the lord that which also i delivered unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take it take eat this is my body that is broken for you do this in remembrance of me for the same manner he also took the cup after he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup you do show the lord's death till he come wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the lord's body shall we commit ourselves to the lord this morning and uh, with grateful hearts tell him lord i don't want to run away from this salvation i don't want to drift away i don't want to ignore it if if you are committing yourself to the lord we welcome you to participate in the table of the lord if you're a person who is not yet understood this and you need more clarity and you want to take time and commit yourself to Christ uh, there's no pressure to participate in this communion uh, but we welcome you all in Jesus name as we sing a hymn we will uh, participate and before that let's pray father we come to you lord in Jesus name we commit each of us in your precious hands we thank you for the privilege that you've given to us to celebrate your goodness thank you for the privilege that you given to us lord to think of what you have done for us father we pray that we will not take it lightly we pray that we will not lord miss the glory of salvation that we will not lord ignore it we pray that we will not drift away from it but we pray that we will hold on to it firmly oh master we pray that everyone will be drawn to you hold on to this precious gift of salvation we pray that we will experience a renewal in our lives this morning a renewal in our salvation oh father a rededication of our lives if there's somebody who says yes i have strayed away i've drifted away i've gone back into sin i've forgotten about salvation i've forgotten about jesus i've forgotten about the truth i've denied him I've turned away from him I've gone into sin there's somebody who's at that place would you commit yourself to God once again would you rededicate your life to Jesus again and say lord jesus i commit my life once again i don't want to go back the same way i came in i don't want to continue in my sinful life i do not want to continue in the worldly way i do not want to continue forgetting about you and the salvation that you've given so freely